1: From the Society for Nautical Research, in partnership with Lloyd's Register Foundation, I'm Sam Willis, and this is the Mariner's Mirror podcast. The world's number one podcast dedicated to all of maritime history. Hello, and welcome back to the Mariner's Mirror podcast. This is the first episode of our series exploring the maritime history of Wales. My name is Idwin Adley-Watton, and I'm from the Brecon Beacons area. Today, I'm finding out about an anchor stock found at Forth Vellon, a beautiful bay at the very tip of the Llyn Peninsula in Gwynedd, North Wales. Now, for those of you who don't know, an anchor stock is a beam of wood or iron placed at the upper end of the shank of an anchor, transversely to the plane of the arms, which serves to keep the anchor from lying flat on the seabed. I came across this anchor stock during some research into the maritime history of Wales, and I was delighted to discover that it is a unique find in British waters. It's unique because of its possible age, I couldn't believe this myself, but there is every chance that this anchor stock is Roman. So it was found in 1974 in the Bardsey Sound, which is a very dangerous stretch of water. So it's safe to assume that the ship carrying this anchor came to its end here. It's a very interesting find and there's lots to speculate about in terms of its origin and what it was doing in Welsh waters. So let's dive right in. Today I'm speaking with Jake Davis. Jake is a Welsh based marine biologist and underwater videographer with a passion for sharing the underwater marine environment off the Welsh coast. As a diver, he's not just interested in marine life, but also the amount of history and stories that are below the waves off the Welsh coast. Recently, thanks to funding from the Cambrian Archaeology Society and Gaynor Kemlin Jones Trust, Jake got to lead exploratory dives at Porthvelin to look for any evidence related to the Roman anchor stock discovered by divers back in 1974. Thank you so much for talking to me today, Jake.
0: No worries, it was a real pleasure to be able to have a chat about all of this.
1: Yeah, so please tell us about this wonderful find. I'm a, a diver based in North Wales, and
0: earlier this year we um, got some funds together to go and look at Port Velen, which is situated under Iwchmanis, um, on the Cheam Peninsula on the west part there. Overlooking Barsis so is a really cool site. we got funding from the um, Cambrian Archaeology Society, and the Gaynor Owen, James Owen Trust, to go and explore this because back in the 1974, I think divers found a anchor stock there, which believed to be the earliest kind of evidence of northward trade from the Mediterranean area. So we really wanted to get back into that site and see if we could find any more of these artifacts in the wreck or part of the wreck itself because it was never actually found when they found the anchor stock itself.
1: Could you tell us what an anchor stock actually is?
0: So to describe what it is, it's the bit, um, this one specifically looked like it had, um, it was made out of lead. So it's quite long and had the square patch in the middle where the wooden bit would go um, to put then hold the anchor itself. So it's quite interesting itself in terms of how it looks. And it's quite a, a very rare artefact itself too.
1: So how confident can you be of when the anchored stock might have come from?
0: So they roughly dated it about 140 BC, so it's got some age to it.
1: Yeah, it's incredible.
0: One of the um only examples of it, or one of the couple of examples of it in the UK, so it is really quite a significant find. So taking that time to get in a few dives um to go and explore the site further was a real opportunity to do it. Um altogether we did we got in there four times in March.
1: I bet that was a bit cold as well.
0: <laughs> yeah, cold is one way, but it it, it was we kind of just chatted about it and the best time to do it was that in march april time because the sun hadn't been out long enough to make the algae grow so once the algae had grown it made looking in that site a lot more challenging especially when we're looking almost like a needle in the haystack potentially there were other wrecks in the area so it was kind of keeping an eye out for other artifacts too um there were bits of old pottery which we couldn't really say what it was from but it was interesting that there was other, other pieces there to be seen
1: of course yeah and um, where the anchor stock was found is that quite a dangerous stretch of water generally?
0: It's quite an interesting part because Barzi Sound is a notable area for shipwrecks it's got about 17 currents running into that one sound and you've got a couple knots of um, current running through but where Port Velland situated it kind of comes up from 30 meters into about 15 meters and straight into the shore with boulders so it's actually quite sheltered and as divers we've a couple of us have dived that area before and, and knew it was quite strong currents but actually we jumped in and there was not current in there so it meant searching the area was quite nice we could come up with a nice pattern and each dive and segment the bay into different parts to um see if we can do more but we've actually got some more planned next year um hopefully if the weather allows us to do it again roughly that time of year
1: do we know what the ship might have been doing in the Barsee sound
0: so there's no evidence but it looks like it was a trade ship, so it was a very small one but it's really that is one of the first pieces of evidence of that northward trade between the north and the Mediterranean area, which is really interesting to have that right here on our doorstep on the Shian Peninsula
1: yeah, definitely. I'm not sure if you'll know the answer to this, but if the ship had been able to to land where it planned to, what kind of welcome might it have received
0: I don't know, but it' been it'd have been interesting to see where she was actually heading to. Um, as well because once you're around the Chirn Peninsula that's it you you could be going up into the north of England possibly into that bit of ground or or even actually into Wales themselves
1: I, I was reading about the anchor stock and I saw that there was quite an interesting um, knuckle bone design on it so if you could tell me more about that that would be fantastic
0: that specific design that kind of stood out in terms of how it looks compared to other ones because there are different examples of that lead design but from the one that was collected back in 1970 four um that's actually now held if i remember rightly in the museum down in cardiff so i i personally haven't been to see it myself but it's um it's on the list to do especially before the next dives
1: so um what are the what are the next dives is there anything else that you're working on that was one of them um so yeah like i said we've got
0: a bit more funding that we can go and do um next year um but in the past i've done a few other dives working on both tv and stuff and tv series. Um, One of the most interesting ones is actually the Visergum off the north coast off Rill, which would have been like the first submarine if it ever got to Portsmouth.
1: Wow, that's amazing.
0: It never made it.
1: (laughs) Um,
0: But there's a few other other wrecks on the list that are kind of ones I'd like to go and see and get permissions. A lot of them, again, are protected wrecks that you need paperwork and all that for. But um, one of the specific ones is the Bronze Bell off off Barmouth would be really nice to go and see. Again, it was one of those wrecks that came in inshore, got got run aground, but she was carrying a load of Carrera Italian marble, which, um, from what other divers said, is pretty remarkable when you see it with these big, big blocks of marble and they're underwater. And she's only in 10 meters, so hopefully, plan to do something with that and just go and see it because, again, some amazing wrecks are far, far coast.
1: I imagine that would be extraordinary. Um, and I'm actually going to be speaking to somebody about that exact wreck um, in a few weeks' time.
0: It'd be really cool to yeah if they've ever dived in, get be in contact with them because it looks it looks amazing the fact, yeah, again, the bronze bell element of it, but also it was a heavily armoured vessel. It was carrying cannons. So to dive it with all these cannons and these big marble stacks would be really cool to see.
1: It sounds like it'd be amazing,
0: yeah. I know and uh, also film, it'd be really nice to get some nice shots, especially when like the water conditions at the moment have been incredibly clear. So
1: So in terms of creating a video which I assume might be for the public. Um, is there then quite a big delay between discovering something like this and being able to excavate it and then finally being able to display it in a museum?
0: Poor and I think, yeah, it would definitely be one of those things if something was found, uh, we'd have to get it all all signed off, surveyed properly, because um, that's what we'd want to do. These ones we were doing were kind of preliminary ones, just as, as a small club dive with all the, the right permissions to do so. And if there was anything found, then we'd go in and go in full full um survey done on that site
1: yeah of course um so you mentioned that the bronze bell wreck was only ten meters deep, so i was just wondering if you could tell us anything about maybe the challenges of maritime excavation versus when something's been found on land
0: yeah anything underwater you're you're constrained by time depth temperature depending on what time the are in the water do it makes it a lot more challenging um but that ma- that also means why a lot of things have Still yet to be discovered, um, even in a small area like Longlist Coast, where we've got loads of different wrecks that are noted down on maps, um, but very few people have actually come across them or seen them because visibility then is your next challenge. Where, when we were doing it, we were quite lucky, and um, we had about six meters on some dives, and then at the one dive we did have about one and a half meters, which means looking for something is a lot more challenging. But yeah, when you get six metres, it does feel like a bit more um, possible.
1: Yeah, I can imagine. And I didn't realise there were so many, um, I guess, different elements to think about um, in terms of like even the temperature. Is there is there a chance that if you're underneath for a certain amount of time in a really low temperature, it could be a risk to the to the divers?
0: Yeah. So that that's one of the things is actually the colder you get, you actually use a lot more air. So then your time in the water is even more reduced um on top of all of that so trying to trying to keep warm is one of those key things and luckily for things where you're searching for stuff it's not too bad because you're continuously moving um in other scenarios where you're filming and you're not moving much cold really does creep up on you quite quickly
1: and I think you mentioned they haven't found anything else where the anchor, anchor stock was discovered
0: no so there's, there was nothing else um at that site when they found it back in 1974 um there was potential that like, we were looking for some old stone anchors as well um but looking for stone anchors in a place full of boulders and a lot of uh, rocks which also may have been the ballast as well is a real challenge
1: is there a chance that something like that could have traveled a considerable distance in the water
0: with that kind of position in port Adelaide, it's quite fortunate that a lot of the um The prevailing winds for that area are actually coming from the south, um, southeast area, which actually blows straight into Port Ellen. So it means that if anything was there, the likelihood of of it being there still is is quite good. But it would be pushed more inshore each time, along with all the other big boulders and things like that. But I think it's it's one of those. I think they were diving it and they found it. They were diving it quite often, and every time they were diving, coming across something different. And it's about time because on land you can spend a lot more time wandering around the same same patch and more fortunate to come across it but if you're diving it maybe once or twice a year it's not very often and then the likelihood of spotting something new is is quite difficult.
1: Of course it's been a while now since the anchor stock was actually discovered so you mentioned that it's in the museum in Cardiff and what kind of process happens with the preservation for something like that?
0: Again it's metal, saltwater metal have to make sure it would have been thoroughly cleaned or kept in into some kind of um, liquid which preserves it a bit longer or at least gets rid of the salt because when once anything's been removed from the water and it becomes oxidized with the air that's it it, it kind of perishes so quickly
1: oh well it sounds like a really interesting project to have been involved in and it's amazing i think that wales is having finds like this because obviously we're very small a small place
0: but yeah, loads of significant wrecks the whole way along the coast, um, pieces of history still remaining out there, which is really exciting.
1: Which is incredible because when I read about this, I couldn't believe how old it is, how long it must have been sat under the water.
0: Yeah, and it's like when you think about how long it's sat there. So it went with hundred and forty BC and it was found in 1974, where we're saying things have changed between that last 50 years, it's nothing compared to what it had been there before it'd been found. So the likelihood of finding something is still quite high because we're talking a very small time scale between when they found something and when we're looking for something
1: and it's very interesting even to think about at the time when it wrecked um people might have come across things on the shore or there might be artifacts kind of dotted all around the country in that sense
0: yeah yeah it's always going to be there and it's like you don't know when the next thing could be re- reappear
1: well now that i've heard about it i kind of want to go and visit it as well thank you so much for talking to me today it's been really interesting.
0: No worries, no thank you for letting me have a chat and sharing more about the, uh, the recent dive.
1: Thank you so much for listening and I hope you enjoyed learning more about this wonderful find. Please do go and find us on social media. You can search the Mariner's Mirror podcast on Instagram and YouTube. We appreciate every bit of support and we love to hear from you, so do get in touch and tell us what you think or you can leave a review on iTunes. There is a free forum to get in touch on the Society for Nautical Research's website, which you can find at snr.org.uk. Even better, if you join the Society for a small annual subscription, your support will help us to continue with our project of exploring and celebrating our precious maritime past. Join me next time to hear about the Newport Medieval Ship, which is an incredibly preserved 15th century merchant vessel, which was unearthed in the River Usk in 2002. I'll see you then.